Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of 2 Kings chapter 19. Here's Pastor Ryan. This is a word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. So picture this. This is God speaking to the king of Assyria who was prideful, guys. Super prideful. Thought he was all that. Thought his empire was all that. Thought no one can stop him. He thought he was all that. And how does God respond? You're coming after the virgin the daughter of Zion. And he's speaking of Jerusalem, the city, and his people within the walls of Jerusalem, the Judeans, if you will. His people. God is referring to Jerusalem as a virgin. And he's basically saying to this king who thinks he's all powerful, my city, my people have never been conquered. Have never been conquered. Think about that. There have been skirmishes and battles, but no nation had conquered Jerusalem since the Israelites were there. They do not know defeat in that way. In a sense, they are a virgin city that has never been conquered by any nation. You hear that, guys? That's what he's telling the most powerful king on the planet. My people, whom I love, the apple of my eye, they have never been destroyed. And I do believe that that is the inheritance of the saints, those who believe in Jesus Christ. I have, I have been busted up, hard-pressed on every side, like Paul was saying. I have lost many battles. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and seven times gets up. And just because a believer dies or is martyred doesn't mean he's lost. No. I believe in a sense we divergence concerning being destroyed because we, it'll never happen to us. Even if they kill us, we win because they can kill the body, but they cannot kill our spirit. And our spirit never loses consciousness of the Lord. That's why he said, he who believes in me, though he dies, shall live. And, though, and he who lives and believes in me shall never die. That's a piece of a stake, I think. Glory to God. I mean, I was just, I got floored like, wow, in a sense, we ain't never going to be destroyed. Never. Never. We are more than conquerors. Oh, death, where is your sting? 
Psalm 991, verse 1 through 9, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. His truth shall be our shield and buckler, not the world's truth. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your right at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but you it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place virgins when it comes to being destroyed and conquered it ain't gonna happen we just have to make the Lord our everything and that is what Jesus Christ asks from from believers everything Christianity only works that way everything everything is yours everything everything is yours that's when it works when doesn't it work one foot in one foot out so so sometimes doesn't work the daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind her back the daughter he refers to the city and his people as the daughter the most vulnerable in our society is our little girls amen like our little 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 girls if women are the weaker vessels then the little girls are the weak 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 little vessels but strong in God little sisters but in comparison with God on our side, the little girls are just laughing at this king who thinks he's a big shot coming against us. Whom have you reproached? The Lord asked him in uh, verse 22. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers, you have reproached the Lord. By your messengers. And so God's asking them, who have you reproached? The Assyrians were, were threatening God's people. And God saw that threat towards his people as a very threat against himself. Isn't that beautiful? How God sees your life and mine when it comes to persecution the enemy of our souls Satan, those who are anti-christ in this world who just hate christianity who may come against you for no reason but by but because of your faith in christ to know that when god sees an offense towards you is an is an offense towards him an offense on one of the king's children is as an offense on the king himself when Paul the Apostle was converted and his name was Saul before and he was on his way to persecute Christians in Damascus you know the story the Lord knocked him off of his high horse in Acts 9 and said Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and he said who are you Lord and then the Lord said I am Jesus whom you are persecuting it is hard for you to kick against the golds. He had never seen Jesus in his life. 
Jesus was resurrected and in heaven, but yet Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because he was persecuting the church and God took it as an offense to himself. That is the inheritance of a believer. And that means a lot, you know, growing up with, with parents who can care less. I appreciate the Lord so much for his parenting defense upon my life. It's part of the reasons why I have given him my heart because he actually cares about me and he actually cares about you. He defends you. And we have to believe it in these last days that if anyone messes with you or yours, we'll have to deal with your father in heaven. It's, it, it, forget about what we can do. That's why the Bible says not to avenge ourselves. Let the Lord deal with it. He knows how to deal with it really good, better than we can. And he's got means that uh, we knoweth not. I've literally seen it happen. And I have to believe he's my defense. Anyone come from a paranoid background? You know, drugs, cops. Teachers, principals, narcs. And you get saved and it's like, let it all go. Love believes all things. Trust, don't be paranoid. Okay, as long as you protect me, I won't be paranoid. As long as an offense to me is an offense to him. I'll put my heart out there and, and let, it, let, let it be out there so that someone can stab it. As long as you take care of them for that. Right? So we can open up, breathe a little bit, and be a little more friendlier. Whom have you reproached? God. Whom have you reproached? God. They're messing with you. Whom have they, whom have they messed with? The Lord, because you belong to the Lord. Woo. By your messengers you have reproached the Lord and said, by the multitude of my chariots, I have come to the height of the mountains. To the limits of Lebanon, I will cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypress trees. I will enter the extremity of its borders to its fruitful forests. I have dug and drunk strange water, and with the soles of my feet I have dried up all the brooks of defense. And so now the Lord is speaking to the king of Assyria, but telling them what's in his heart this is who you are because God created everybody right God's telling him this is what's in your heart you're so big headed you think that you have come up to the heights of the mountains of Lebanon historically known for being beautiful mountains I hope to see the mountains of Lebanon one day God is saying that you, you know you believe that you've come up to the height of the mountains you believe that uh, you're going to go throughout Lebanon, throughout its beautiful country, its limits. You believe that you're going to cut down its cedars in Lebanon. On the, on the Lebanese flag, it's that, it's that cedar tree of Lebanon, man. That, oh man, those trees are famous. That's what they're known for, the cedar trees of Lebanon, by which... You know, the king sent the, the, the lumber from those trees down to Tel Aviv, where Joppa, where Solomon took the cedar to build the temple in Jerusalem. I mean, that's how phenomenal the wood is. It's the best wood in the Middle East. 
You're saying you're going to cut those down and you're going to take the choice cypress trees? You're saying you think you're so amazing that you're going to just go throughout the borders of Lebanon, that you're going to go through its forests and, and take all its fruits, that, that you have, have placed your soul in, in these brooks and dried up the, the springs of the people, that you did this? You, you're, you think you're that big-headed? The Lord's basically laying it out, the pride of this Assyrian king. They, them with their, with their chariots and their massive armies. And they, they have been going to nation to nation, destroying them. So they think they're all that, guys. They felt that nothing can stand against them, that they take over all lands. King doesn't realize that he's nothing. The king does not realize that he is nothing. God realizes that he's nothing, that God can take his breath like that. Human beings are so frail. We are a couple heartbeats away from meeting our maker. We are frail. No oxygen and we die. Quick. We are frail. This king doesn't know that he's nothing. And to be a believer in Christ, we must realize that we are nothing. He's everything. Even when we didn't know him, we had breath, we had strength, we had food, we had clothing. We, even when we could care less, he took care of us. And now, now, to be a part of his family, we must acknowledge that he is everything. The Bible says, he who thinks he's something when he's nothing has deceived himself. We're nothing. And this king thinks, oh, you're just going to clean house in Lebanon? And in my daily reading, Psalm 29. Turn there with me, please. Let's, let's turn there. Psalm 29. I'm there in my uh, daily reading. And I thought it was just a perfect, perfect word for what we're studying. In verse 1, we'll just read the whole thing because it's short. It says, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his, to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. And the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says, yeah, he may think he's going to cut down the cedars. But he was so prideful, he thought, I'm going to cut these cedar trees. I'm going to take the choice cypress trees. I'm going to take, go through the forest and take its fruits. I'm going to stop the water brooks. And, the, and, the, and here in the, the psalmist says the Lord's voice is so magnificent, it's so powerful, that he, he, his voice splinters those cedars of Lebanon. Makes them skip. Ba -ba, ba -ba, ba -ba. Makes them skip. His voice is so powerful, it, it can strip a forest bare. He's the real power. This king doesn't know he has no power. 
I wish all the kings of the earth today would know that. And, and, and here's some psychology on this fallen world. That's exactly what this lost world thinks of itself. Way too highly. Oh yeah, you, you have it all figured out. God, you're, God's not important to you. Wait till you're in your hospital bed about to die. And you know that you're going to die. Then let's see how important God is to you. Everyone's so smart until they're in a life or death situation. Until it, it, they really hit rock bottom. But why wait? Why not be wise and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The pride of the Assyrians, man. I think of God's power in this and how we need to remember God's power today. Speaking of trees, the tallest trees on the planet are in Northern California. The sequoias are, are the tallest tree on the planet and they are, they are up the freeway from us. And God, and God can make them skip like they're nothing. And he created those. I think about the 100-foot waves of Nazare, uh, Portugal. You see it on YouTube, the guys, the big waves of Portugal? Have you seen? Scary. I look at them just to be scared. And then, and, and God commands the waters. The Bible says that he gives the waters its limits so that it doesn't transgress his command. God is more powerful than anything. Why should we worry about the kings of this world? Why should we worry about anything? Why should we fear about anything? That's how big our God is. And, and we got to go through the word to remember. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Soundness of mind. Back to our text. That did. You not hear long ago how I made it? I love that. I do. I kind of I read it like, you haven't heard about me? God is saying to the king, you haven't heard about me? Kids in the room, you know how many little kids, how many youth have not heard about our king? How down he is, how amazing he is, how powerful he is, how he can just bless a person's life, how he can protect and shield a person, how he can transform us from the inside out, give us his spirit as a guarantee that we're going to heaven. I mean, kids, there are so many kids that haven't heard. That's why you're alive in 2021. That's why we as a church are here to let the world know, haven't you heard about my Savior? Who is this who can calm the storms? Remember the disciples said of Jesus? Who is this? Woo! They were blown away. Who is this? Did you not hear long ago how I made it? From ancient times that I formed it? Now I have brought it to pass that you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. Therefore their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass on the housetops and grain blighted before it is grown. So he tells the king, didn't you hear that I formed it all? I created it all. This is what our world needs, kids. This is what the schools will not teach. That God created it all. 
and that God is watching us because he loves us, that he keeps his eye both on the wicked and on the good, that there is a hereafter. I mean, that, those very sentences in the LA school districts will probably transform it, the whole thing. This is what our world needs. Kids, I want you to know why the world is messed up. Because people do not put their hope in the truth that God created it all. They are hopeless because they live in a life where they feel like this is all they get. There's no one who loves them. There's not a God who loves them. There's not a God who cares for them. That they are who they are. If they're poor, poor, they're going to they're always be poor. If they're, you know, if they have a, you know, a bad lot in life, then they're always going to have a bad lot in life. That God can't turn a life around. They don't know the hope that we have. So kids, you have to tell them. We're orphans no more. Your pastor grew up not knowing who his father was at all. And a mother who wasn't interested. Straight up. How did God turn my life around? It's what he does. And again, this is a, a case study for the world. They don't know. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They, they actually think that what they are taught at Harvard, at MIT, at the best colleges in our country, that we come somehow, some way, from slime, fish, and apes. This is what's taught. No, sir. No, sir. And it's not that we are weak-minded and needy people. We are not weak-minded. We are fair-minded. Those are scientific theories. They're not scientific facts. But they accept them as facts because they don't want the truth. And in Romans 1, it says specifically in 2021 that that is their case. And that is the case of the king of Assyria here in our story. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse because they knew Though although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And God says, I have brought it to pass. Your victories, I have given them to you. I made the inhabitants that you attacked be fearful and weak. God is telling this king that the reason why the Assyrians conquered these nations is because God, in his divine plan, made them weak enough for them to win. God is telling this guy who's so prideful in his victories, it's not you, I gave those to you for my purposes. But I know your dwelling place. You're going out and you're coming in. And your rage against me. I'm going to end here tonight, but trip out on this one. God is letting the king know basically that the Assyrians, the king and the Assyrians, they did not consider God at all. Kids, listen to me. God is letting them know you didn't consider me in your plans. You just went about doing your life and you didn't consider me in all of your plans. But God says, I know your dwelling place. You're going out and you're going in. 
In other words, God is saying, you didn't, you didn't consider me in your plans in your life, but I have considered you. I know you because I created you and I know exactly what's in you. And that's the condition of the world. They do not know God. They do not know what God thinks of them. But we know what God thinks of them. God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall be saved, right? And not perish. God loves them, but they, they are deceived. They do not know. But God knew them. He knew us when we were in our mother's womb. He knew us, right? He knows everything about us. And he knows everything about all of our neighbors, all of our family and friends. He knows all about everybody, even though they do not consider God at all in their plans. That doesn't change what God knows about them. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951-572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.